0: From Hollywood, it's time now for...
1: Johnny Dollar.
2: This is Arlene Kennedy. You called my home, Mr.
1: Dollar? Oh, yes, Mrs. Kennedy. I'm with Universal Adjustment Bureau. We're investigating the matter of James Lansing's death. Your what? We're investigating your brother's death before we take action on your claim as his beneficiary. Under the circumstances, we have to do this, Mrs. Kennedy. I'd like to talk to you about it, if I may.
2: How would you like to talk to my lawyer, Mr. Dollar? Mr. Dollar.
1: Sure, if you think it's necessary. I'd rather talk to you first. Why? Well, frankly, the insurance company isn't satisfied that this is a legitimate claim.
2: You mean you're not satisfied?
1: All right, then I'm not satisfied, and I represent the company in this matter. Look, we won't get anywhere this way, Mrs. Kennedy, if you'll just...
0: Tonight and every weekday night, Bob Bailey in the transcribed adventures of the man with the action-packed expense account. America's fabulous freelance insurance investigator...
1: Yours truly, Johnny Dollar. (laughs) Expense account submitted by Special Investigator Johnny Dollar, location Tucson, Arizona. To the Universal Adjustment Bureau Home Office, Hartford, Connecticut. The following is an accounting of expenditures during my investigation of the Lansing fraud $50,000 worth. Expense account continued, item six, $10, car rental, to get to Catalina Vista, where Arlene Kennedy maintained a $55,000 home. It was a warm, sunny day, incredibly clear. I enjoyed it in my drive. However, I can't say I enjoyed Arlene Kennedy. That's
2: as far as you need to come. What? You must be the Mr. Dollar I spoke to on the phone. If you didn't get the idea on the phone, I'll tell it to you again. I don't want to talk to you. Now, please get away from my home.
1: We'll have to talk sometime.
2: I don't think so. I know
1: so, Mrs. Kennedy.
2: I must ask you to take your briefcase and get out of here, Mr. Dollar, now.
1: I'm sorry you feel that way.
2: Look, my brother Jim drank himself to death. I don't know why. I just know he did it. He's dead. I'm his beneficiary. Why don't you pay me what you
1: owe me? We will, Mrs. Kennedy, if the circumstances are right. So far, though, we have reasonable doubt. Uh, And this investigation is for your benefit as much as it is ours.
2: I can hardly believe that.
1: When we've satisfied ourselves one way or the other, your claim will be settled.
2: The whole situation's cut and dry. I'm
1: afraid it isn't.
2: Mr. Dollar, I've had enough of this. I'll turn the matter over to my attorneys.
1: Mrs. Kennedy, I don't carry this briefcase to impress anybody, but I thought it might interest you. I have in it a copy of the physical examination your brother took two years ago when he applied for his insurance policy. I have a copy of the coroner's report and the results of the autopsy.
2: I don't care what you have.
1: Then maybe you'd just be interested in the conclusion. We have to discredit one item or the other. That's why we can't take any action on your claim yet. Goodbye.
2: Wait. What is it you want to know? I haven't seen my brother in well over two years, three years. I can't tell you a thing about him.
1: Were you on good terms with him?
2: Of course I was. I was the only one he had in the world. He left me his insurance money, didn't he?
1: Did he leave you anything else?
2: He didn't have anything else.
1: I understand there was a trust in the family.
2: He spent his a long time ago.
1: I understand you're a widow, Mrs. Kennedy.
2: I don't see what bearing that has. Do you have any dependents? No children, that's what you mean. The
1: money from the policy would have gone to you alone.
2: Let me correct you. The money will come to me alone. I don't know what you people think you can do trying to weasel out of this payment, but I've already spoken with my attorneys and they've advised me to sue for an immediate settlement and damages.
1: Perhaps I can save you some fees and your attorney some time, Mrs. Kennedy. Where can I contact
2: them? Never mind. You'll find out soon enough. I
1: hope you won't allow them to go so far as a courtroom without speaking to me.
2: We'll see about that, too. I don't need your advice. Now, look,
1: I'm going to tell you exactly what I'd tell them. You can pass it on to them. Your brother could have died quietly in his bed one night, and any doctor would have pronounced him a heart failure, and your claim would have been honored without delay. But James Lansing made the mistake of dropping dead on a public street, and the police took over, and before he was properly identified, an autopsy had been performed.
2: And I intend to sue the city for that kind of liberty. They had no right to... They had every
1: right. An unknown man dead on the street from unknown causes? Now, don't be childish. Because of that autopsy, we know your brother couldn't possibly have passed an insurance examination two years ago or ten years ago, not with the amount of bad health he'd collected.
2: But he did pass it. The insurance company accepted him as a client. They issued a policy, and you can't deny it. Jim came to me the day after he took out that policy and told me I was his beneficiary. You said
1: he... You said you hadn't seen him for well over two years. He took the exam a year ago last July.
2: All right, I saw him that one time.
1: Look, I'll lay it right on the line, Mrs. Kennedy. We don't think your brother ever took that physical examination. What? Someone else went up to Dr. Mayhood's office and took it for him. Someone who could pass it. Mrs. Kennedy, we aren't fools and we don't like to be fooled. Now, we're going to find out who that someone was and how it was done. We're used to all sorts of tricks in this business and all sorts of bluffing, too. You can sue us for a settlement. You can sue us all over the place. With what I have right now, I'd be willing to meet you in a courtroom. I'm talking facts to you, Mrs. Kennedy, and I wish you'd talk them to me.
2: Get out of here. Get out of here, you cheap snooper, before I call the police and have you thrown out.
1: Some more expenses, item seven. Six dollars, lunch, for Jim Carter and myself
0: you pass the cream, Johnny.
1: Thanks. Well, what do you think, Jim? Mrs. Kennedy? Yeah.
0: Well, It's hard to say. She's going to make it as tough as she can for us, judging from her attitude toward you this morning.
1: How does the commission feel?
0: Well, they feel very badly that something like this has come up. They've requested us to act with discretion and to act swiftly. They're certain the entire matter can be settled without legal action. pass the sugar. Uh-huh. All right.
1: Aren't they going to cooperate?
0: They aren't going to do anything until we show cause. They did mention that their action will take place in 10 days, so that means we've got 10 days to write such a statement.
1: Tell me what you've learned about Mrs. Kennedy.
0: Well, she was a five years ago. Her husband was a lawyer. He left her $40,000 in insurance and $15,000 in debts. Her family, the Lansing's, had money at one time. Enough so that she gets one half of one-tenth of one percent of an oil company out on the coast. It pays her about $7.50 a month. She managed to clear her house out in Catalina Vista and drive a Cadillac.
1: But she could use $50,000. Of course she could
0: use $50,000. Everybody could. Johnny, when are you going to start on the insurance agent?
1: Hillary Franks, I've already started. If I know my Mrs. Kennedy, she won't call a lawyer or anybody else right now. She'll talk to her agent, Mr. H. Franks, and he'll have to come to us. I don't have to go to him. Johnny... When you buy a radio and it goes bad, you call up the store. They didn't manufacture the set, but you complain to them just the same. Same thing with insurance. You don't call up the company, you call up the agent who sold it to you. Hillary Frank has to call me, Jim, just to look legitimate. I hope you're right, kiddo. After lunch, I went back to my hotel room and opened up the file Jim Carter had collected on Hillary Franks. Hillary Franks, age 56, college graduate, married, two children, wife deceased, income good. No record of any kind for any offense. Highly thought of by worldwide insurance officials. The 17 years with the company sort of got me. He started as an agent when he was 39.
3: This is Hillary Franks, Mr. Deller. Yes, sir. I understand you're in town on a little investigation for the home office. Wonder if we could have dinner.
1: As a matter of fact, I was going to call you, Mr. Franks. The policy I'm working on was written by you.
3: Yes, I understand that. Mrs. Kennedy, the beneficiary, called me today. Seemed very upset. I thought perhaps we could discuss it over dinner.
1: Anything wrong with right now at your office?
3: Why, not a thing. I suppose you're a Mr. Dollar. Yes. Maria, that's my secretary. She's already gone for the day. I'm sorry
1: you had to wait so long. Mr. Hillary Franks looked straight life insurance from the top of his iron gray hair to the tips of his polished brown shoes. He had a quiet manner about him and a pair of large brown eyes that looked wide open and honest.
3: Come in. Come in, Mr. Dollar. Thank you very much for coming over. I was surprised when Mrs. Kennedy called me about this matter today. Surprised to learn that you were in town. Were you? Um, she said you'd been over to her home this morning. That's right. <laughs> well, just what is this all about?
1: We have reason to believe Mrs. Kennedy is a party to an attempted fraud, Mr. Franks.
3: I gathered it was something like that. I've been writing policies for worldwide insurance for 17 years, Mr. Dolly. And this is the first time anything like this has ever happened on one of them.
1: I believe you, Mr. Franks, and your record. But there's a first time for everything. Uh, yes, I... I'm here to find out all I can about the circumstances under which you sold the policy to Mrs. Kennedy's brother. Nothing unusual about it, Mr. Deller. I think there was. Eh? James Lansing was a bachelor. He lived in a fairly nice apartment on the other side of town. No dependents. Now, what made James Lansing a prospect for life insurance, Mr. Franks?
3: Well, it's more of a personal thing, really, I suppose. My wife and I were interested in buying a home a couple of years ago. There was one we liked in Catalina Vista. The real estate agent happened to be James Lansing. That's how we first became acquainted. Uh Uh-huh. Mrs. Franks and I saw Lansing, oh, two, three times. Had dinner together, you know. And I managed to sell him the policy.
1: I understood he was an engineer.
3: He had been at one time in Los Angeles. And he was only engaged in the real estate business here for a very short time. Really a matter of a few months. I see.
1: Did he do very well at it?
3: I don't think so. I don't think he worked hard at it. You see, he had a fairly comfortable income from money left by his father.
1: You uh, didn't buy the house from him?
3: No. Too much? No. Mrs. Franks died rather suddenly about that time, and I had no need to buy a home.
1: But out of the association, you interested Lansing in buying insurance from you? Yes. What kind of a man
3: was he? What do you mean? Well, uh, just your opinion, Mr. Franks. Well, just a client, Mr. Dollar. I I looked at him and treated him just... Same as any other client. But you
1: saw him socially several times, had dinner with him. Do you do that with all your
3: clients? I might. Uh, I remember he was trying to sell me something, too. Ah, sure. How'd he look? What? Well,
1: pale, thin, emaciated, what?
3: Oh, he looked fine to me.
1: Did he drink much?
3: Well, uh, I don't recall. Think. It's important. Well, uh... I don't recall. Then I'll
1: recall for you, Mr. Franks. Lansing did drink a lot on those occasions. As a matter of fact, he was soaked up most of the time. Oh, now, that's not true, Mr. Donald. You know as well as I do, he was an alcoholic in Los Angeles and he was an alcoholic here in Tucson. He died of malnutrition, a direct result of his alcoholic condition.
3: I'm not a doctor. I had no way of ascertaining that. You don't
1: have to be a doctor to smell booze, Mr. Franks. Did you ever meet his beneficiary?
3: You mean his sister, uh, Mrs. Kennedy? No, no. I I think I told you she telephoned me today. Never met her at all? No. Mr. Franks,
1: I'm going to leave you for a while, and I want you to think about all we've discussed. When I come back, I might ask you the same questions again. And I'll expect some different answers.
3: Anything you say, Mr. Dow.
1: Hillary Franks, 17 years insurance broker, was a bad liar. He was worse than that. He was a stupid, awkward, unprepared liar with no idea of what he was up against. He knew I was going to get him and get him good. And he didn't know what to do about it. I almost felt sorry for him. (laughs)
0: be another intriguing
1: episode of the Lansing Fraud tomorrow. Tomorrow, a bad liar turns into a pretty good gunman. Join us, won't you? Yours truly, Johnny Dollar.
0: Yours truly, Johnny Dollar, starring Bob Bailey, is transcribed in Hollywood. Written by John Dawson, it is produced and directed by Jack Johnstone. Be sure and join us tomorrow night, same time and station, for the next exciting episode of Yours Truly, Johnny Dollar, Roy Rowan speaking.